Broadcasting from Alito to Alton, from Champaign to Chicago, and from Robinson to Rockford, this is the Sports Spectacular, powered by IlliniGuys.com. March is mad, and uh, but we're here to bring some sanity to it all. At least we will try. We are the Illini Guys, Sports Spectacular. This is here. Larry Smith, Brad Sturdy, Mike Kegley. we got Patrick Quinn on audio. Um, and we're trying not to pull our hair out and trying just to watch things, not get too emotionally involved. Big Ten Tournament is wild. We'll get to that in Illinois and what happened Thursday night in just a moment. Uh, but first, we do want to talk about uh, earlier in the week uh, what happened with the uh, All Big Ten selections. Guys, two guys very deserving from Illinois on that list. Uh, Terrence Shannon, first team by the coaches, second team media, and Matt Meyer making both third teams. I thought both were uh, were deserving. Yeah, no question. I, I think both guys um, had good seasons um, that you know, warranted those awards. I, I think Meyer had a really good finish after a slow start. And Terrence Shannon, you know, he just put points up. He rebounded. He defends. He did a lot of good things. I mean, I probably would have had Terrence on second team, Matt on third team. But, you know, I I think the coach showed how important he was to Illinois. Yeah, I think I would go very similar to Brad. I think one of the things that's very interesting is this sends a message across Big Ten and probably college basketball as a whole you can get two transfers and and get those type of results from them on the court. Uh, the transfer portal is a very important tool towards building a successful college basketball team. Yeah, credit to both of them, what they've done. I'm with you. I was a bit surprised that Shannon made first team. He had a couple of nights that um, he wasn't at his peak. Of course, he missed a couple of games with a concussion, uh, but credit to both of those guys. The name that was missing um, from this, and I think there was like, what, 22 honorable mention or something like that. So, you know, you're talking, if that's correct, I mean, 35, 40 players um, from the 14 teams that got some kind of mention, either first team, second team, third team, or honorable mention. Coleman Hawkins, not among those. Now, here's a player who um, is in the, the top 40 of most uh, mock drafts, right? And in, in this to be drafted in the uh, NBA draft this summer. Not on the list, uh, Coleman and Terrence Shannon talking about during practice earlier this week about Coleman's omission. Here it is. I don't, I mean, it doesn't really bother me for real. Uh, I kind of had that expectation, uh, but I just know I'm important to this, this team and that's really all that matters. So. I don't think people realize how valuable he is to our team. He's guards the center on the other team. He's bigger than him. He's versatile. He's the mismatch. Uh, for the bigs on the offensive end. He, he leads us, like he directs our offense. He just does a lot that people don't really see. And I don't think he gets the recognition for it. And I feel like he should have been, I feel like he's an all-league guy and should have been, had been something, not just an honorable mention. So he's going to show them that uh, in March. Well, let's be honest. I mean, everybody knows Coleman Hawkins is probably, when it comes to plus-minus, He's probably the most important player on this Illinois team. And he doesn't have the numbers to warrant like a first team, maybe a second team or even third team selection. But he facilitates and he uh, connects all the other guys. And he's the one guy they have that can do that. And that's why he should have been an honorable mention selection. And you can see that he's he's taken the high road, but you can tell that he definitely feels like he should have been. And, and I agree with him. Yeah, you know, it's I think a couple things. One is there's so many people who look at basketball as points per game. 
And that's just the way they look at it. And they go, well, he wasn't scoring as much, so he's not that great of a player. Um, and then I do think that he takes a, a rap sometimes for wearing his emotions on his shoulder uh, or on his sleeve or on his face when he doesn't like the referee calls. And there are some people who just they're not inclined to vote for somebody on that as well. Um, but I think defensively, I don't know how you would realistically keep him off the first team, Let you know, with the all of defense. Yeah. And I think, too, like you said, it was too consistent. I mean, he had the triple double against uh, Syracuse uh, only the what we'll be talking the four players in Illinois history it's done that right IO Mark Smith uh Sergio McLean um you know so he has that but then he had other nights where he might have gotten only three points or might have gone over from three and so I think that lack of consistency may have hurt him um but I love what Terrence Shannon said there at the end and he'll just show them all uh in March um well we know that March was short-lived for Illinois as they fell uh, again to Penn State Thursday night. We'll talk more about that in a few minutes. I want to get to the, the big coaching news of the week, though, before we it gets away from us. Um, listen, first things first, all thoughts and prayers going out to uh, to Jayhawk Nation and a former Illini coach, Bill Self, who um, you know is going to be out of the Big 12 tournament this week and trying to come back to the NCAA tournament after what was first reported possibly as a heart attack, but later uh, there was some reporting that it may have just been a, a blockage of some sort, but still... Uh, a scary moment for the uh, the Hall of Fame coach, Bill Self. Yeah, you, you hate to see that for anybody. I mean, especially, um, you know, a guy who's just coming off winning a national title. He shouldn't have any stress, right? He should be he should be more <laughs> relaxed. But no, um, yeah, Bill's a, Bill's a good guy. You, you hope that he's uh, able to come back and coach this year, but more importantly that he's healthy. But, it, you know, that does throw a wrinkle in things, you know. We always talk about how the, you know, losing a, your head coach, if he's unable to coach, it would make a huge difference in what could happen in the NCAA tournament. Yeah. And, and you know, the bottom line is, 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 look, you know, he's a former Illini coach. And of course, you never want to see anybody, um, you know, uh, you know, dealing with serious health issues. You want him to get better. Um, I don't know if the you know the the NCAA tournaments in the cards this year, but the most important thing is for him to return to health and and be prowling the sidelines for Kansas for another ten years, which will be annoying for the rest of the country. But um, you know, good for college basketball and good for for Jayhawk uh, fans. Yeah, as you mentioned, Kansas defending champion self right now, the uh, only active coach with multiple NCAA championships. Uh, one who had won a title uh, in 2003, stepping down. Jim Beheim, 47 years as a head coach. He began his uh, his relationship with Syracuse as a college freshman back in 1962. JFK was still in office. Um, Syracuse losing its opener uh, in the ACC tournament. Look, they needed to basically win the entire thing to get into the NCAA. Um, but kind of an awkward exit. You know, you thought maybe you'd have a someone like that have a farewell tour or something, but feels like there was a conversation behind the scenes that they said, look, either uh, you step down or we're going to push you out. Yeah, there's no question. Um, Bayheim was basically, it was kind of one of those things where he didn't have much choice. It was, it was time to go and he knew it. I think everybody knew it. And so I think, uh, um, I, I just think it was time. He had a great career. I don't think Bayheim is a guy who, you know, he wasn't the new era. You can see these old coaches stepping down one, you know, one after another, because this portal and NIL changed everything in college basketball. And I think they're looking for, there's like, I, I'm done. I got enough money. I don't need it. And it's just time to, to hang them up. 
Yeah, and, and I'll be honest with you, you know, when he talked about earlier in the year about not knowing if he was coming back, I think I think he kind of forced the hand. I, I think Syracuse handled it poorly, but I think it was probably time and he may have needed that little nudge to help him decide to retire. But uh, certainly a colored uh, and, and story, you know, full of great stories in his career. And um, Syracuse basketball will have to have a new face to rule the place because he's been the face of that basketball program forever. Yeah. Think about all the coaches in waiting that have happened. I mean, Mike Hopkins waited for decades. Finally, Les went out to UW, right? And then now it's uh, Adrian Autry steps in as leader of this program right now. So um, uh, a legend, Jim Boeheim, um, and press conferences in Syracuse will never be the same because uh, he's no longer there. Uh, stay with <laughs> us. We will hear from another press conference of Brad Underwood, who was uh, low-key after uh, coming up short against Penn State again. What happened to the, to the game against the Nittany Lions, and how does this affect the Illini coming up with Selection Sunday, uh, now counting down just a couple of days away? We'll talk all about it coming up right here on the Sports Spectacular. At Busey Bank, we understand you have a vision for your future, and we're committed to helping you achieve your dreams. Since 1868, we've invested in recruiting and retaining the best and brightest associates. Busey's unique culture is one that values and supports you, provides opportunities for growth, and is much more than a job. It's a career. Build relationships, build community, and build your career at Busey Bank. Proud to be the official bank of the Fighting Illini. When life isn't easy, you need health care that is. You need OSF On-Call Urgent Care. With OSF On-Call Urgent Care, we make it easy to get affordable, quick, convenient care for minor illnesses and injuries when and where you need it. Reserve an appointment online or walk in for care 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. every day, even on holidays. Virtual visits are also available 24-7, 365. Get started today or find a clinic near you at osfoncall.org slash urgent care. Nobody covers the Fighting Illini women's basketball team like IlliniGuys.com. More than once this season, the Illini guys have been the only Illinois media in the house. Post-game reports after every game, feature stories, recruiting updates, interviews, and exclusive one-on-ones with the Illini gal herself, sophomore star guard Adalia McKenzie. It's been an historic season for the Illini and head coach Shauna Green, and we're there every step of the way to the postseason and beyond. Sign up today at IlliniGuys.com. This segment presented by Busey Bank, Newsmakers segment. And, uh, well, the Illini making some news Thursday night in Chicago. Um, another first-round ouster, make that their ouster in their opening game in the tournament. Last year it was in the quarterfinals. They were the number one seed after rallying late in the regular season to tie uh, Wisconsin for the uh, the Big Ten regular season championship. They won that tie break, so the one seed promptly knocked out by Indiana. This time it is Penn State, uh their nemesis. I mean, they are the kryptonite to their Superman. Um boy, losing yet again um in this game. And guys, this is a game that again, it felt like Illinois played much better. The first two, they just seemed pretty lethargic. Um the score was closer. What's your takeaway on how Illinois played? You know, the thing is it's they didn't play good enough on the defensive end. 
Um, a lot of people worry about, you know, offense, and, and, and I agree that there are some things they do poorly on offense, especially shooting. But but um but when it comes to the the you know they did some good things they got to the rim people like well they needed to shoot fewer threes and get to the basket they got to the basket uh, twenty nine times at the rim twenty nine shots at the rim missed thirteen of them so when you can't make shots from two feet that's a problem and that's that's kind of where they're at and so they they kind of did that I thought they did a better job defensively on Pickett but then they leave Funk and they missed on some back cuts they let guys get back cuts and in situations where they shouldn't have just miscommunication and didn't follow the game plan now i i, I do think that they i thought you know they they had some opportunities you know, they had a six point lead in the second half had an opportunity to win this game but at the end of the day um they just didn't do enough to win it and penn state is a team that has confidence against illinois they came out and they played well and and uh, give Penn State credit. You know, sometimes we get too caught up in a blame game instead of saying, you know, sometimes the other team just makes shots and, and they, they played better than you. And I think that's this one. Yeah, I thought the game was uh, one play was in particular. I think Ty Rogers got the ball in the post, um, got the pass out to um, uh, Matt Meyer, and uh, he got a, a, a nice look at a three with his shoulders square to the basket. The pass was good. And he missed the three. And in a lot of ways, that's the way the season has kind of gone for the Illini. Um, but you don't know what's going to happen. You get into a tournament, it's one and done. And we've seen that against UCLA when, when Terrence Shannon Jr. got hot and against Texas when Matt Meyer got hot, um, this team can play with anybody. They just need somebody to get hot. And, oh, by the way, on the defensive end, you need to – you need to play good defense the whole game. Yeah, and we're going to find out really quickly next week um, if they've learned that lesson here through 30-plus uh, games this season. Terrence Shannon, 19 points. Uh, Coleman Hawkins, an outstanding game, 17 points. Uh, Dane Danger, 13 points and some nifty moves inside. The Achilles heel again, the shooting, 6 of 21 from outside the arc. I uh, was kind of surprised by uh, Robbie Hummel of BTN on the call late in the game when Illinois was trying to rally and questioning uh, why Terrence Shannon didn't take the wide open three and decide to drive instead. And I'm talking to the TV. I'm like, have you seen this team shoot threes? It's a better, you, you've got to go get as many twos as possible because threes um, just aren't going to cut it. You, you know, you don't know, Mike, you mentioned in the break that Shannon could drain a nothing but net three and the next time down air ball. It's, I mean, it's just, it's not a very good shooting team. I think that's the understatement of the century. Larry, um, this would be like saying that the Titanic was not a good flotation device. Um, they, uh, Illinois does not shoot the ball well. And, and, you know, so they get to the rim. I think Terrence Shannon um, is, is so good at getting to the basket. You just like him to, to keep attacking when he can get gaps and get into the lane. Um, you know, they, they need to get somebody to make an outside shot, whether it's Luke Goody, RJ Melendez, Matt Meyer, whoever it is. But I want Terrence Shannon attacking the rim as much as possible for this Illini team. And I actually thought he made a pretty good decision in the first half. I think he got that touch foul that was very minimal. And I think, you know, he, he's seen the ability of Penn State to, you know, try to draw charges. And I think he decided to stay outside for the first half so that he didn't get himself into foul trouble where you're continually playing, um, you know, cautiously because of that. Um, thought he had a solid game, you know. Um, I thought Coleman Hart Hawkins was magnificent. Um, and and the line I just got to get a couple more guys 
shooting well, but again, as you look at it, the second half, the 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 shot percentage, you know, for Penn State, you know, went went straight up, and and you can't give let a team shoot fifty five percent on you in the in the back half of a game and expect to win. Yeah. And uh, Funk, six of nine from three-point range. Now, remember, I just said Illinois was six of 21 as a team from three-point range. And Funk, six of nine. So there you go. So Illinois now gets some time off, uh, at least a week off, as uh, they will find out on Sunday where they will play and against whom in the NCAA tournament and then head to that location. The Illini guys will be there for complete coverage on that. Uh, In the meantime, uh, Brad Underwood talking after the game on Thursday. Let's listen in. They're really old. The oldest team in Power Five. And they've got a really good player that that is 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 a matchup problem, and uh, you know they're w- extremely well coached, and you know like I said, I you know it's we've swept teams too, so it's just it's it's all about matchups, and and they're they're a tough matchup for us, and any mistake we made defensively, they they have, uh, and we haven't we've never guarded Funk, so Funk is uh, Funk's, you know. Had 126 points. I don't know what he's had against us, but he is. We haven't guarded him very well. In the middle, second row, um, Brian. I mean, after the last couple games, what's kind of the key to getting the most out of Matt here in the NCAA tournament now? In the next couple, in the next week or two. Yeah, he's a 23 year old grown man, veteran, you know, and and he's been there, done that before, and and uh, you know, it's it's he was he was very very good early, and there's no doubt we need him to be excellent as we move forward and. And like I said, you know, we've beaten great teams, and 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 we are one. Uh, we need him to be very, very, very big part of this. Left hand side on the aisle. Yeah, Brad. Penn State's one of the worst percentage-wise offensive rebounding teams tonight. They get ten offensive rebounds, eleven second chance points. Is that something you're disappointed in, or just kind of luck of the draw, bounce of the ball? I mean, we blocked three or four shots that Lundy got back um, in the first half. I think all of his rebounds, except one, I think were off blocked shots. Um, that's a little bit of luck, but, um, again, um, yeah, I mean, that's not what we do. I mean, we end up with 11, they end up with 10 and, and, uh, um, you know, you, you want to eliminate those, but, um, you know, way the ball bounced today. Second row, middle left. Brad, how much do you need to address late game offense? There've been some close games where you guys haven't been able to execute down the stretch. They went on a 17, four run. How do you see that going into NCAA tournament? Better be better, better execute. I, I mean, it's we've tried ball screens. Uh, we obviously have been without Jaden. He helps in those moments, get, getting us into stuff. That's not a knock to to Terrence. Uh, we we're pretty good against we we're pretty good against Michigan doing it. Uh, so again, it was more our defense tonight than anything. I'm more worried about what we're doing on the defensive side than than the offensive side. Coleman missed a, a couple of bunnies. Um, you know, we had. Uh, you know, I'll go back and look at the film to see what our looks are. But um, you know, it's a it's a it's a young team that has had at times challenges executing, and and that's that's no secret. We're gonna take two more far left hand side. Over here, Brad. Hi. I was gonna ask you something else, but you you just said you're more concerned about the defensive side. I guess my question is, is is there enough there on the off offensive side that a run in the tournament is possible? I don't know. We were 25 down at half to Purdue in their building, and found enough offense to 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 do okay. Um, you know, we we've beaten UCLA, we've beaten 
Texas. We've beaten uh, a lot of good teams in this league. Um, I think there's plenty there. I think it, it's really hard to uh, night in and night out. Our, we've built our program on how do you win when the ball doesn't go in, and um, that's where we've 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 struggled the most. Is you know, hey, there's no secret we're last in the league in three point shooting, um, and Matt's a big part of that. And Coleman's a big part of that. Uh, Luke has obviously helped. Uh, but we, you know, we've we've got to make some threes, but we obviously just shot 57% and and lost. So I'm a little more worried about what we do on the defensive side when that ball doesn't go in, and uh, the NCAA tournament becomes becomes a grind. And you got to have guys who can make baskets. We do have that. Uh, Matt's a terrific isolation player, as is Terrence, and. Uh, you know, we'll 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 give it a we'll give it a whirl next week wherever they tell us and against somebody that's not in the Big Ten. We'll finish with Jeremy in the front row. General question: but What is the key to this team living up to the potential we've seen uh, in the yeah, NCAA tournament? And it's 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 finding a little bit of consistency. I think it's finding a little bit of you know positive uh, uh, momentum. It's 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 creating an energy that's uh, you know young guys that that that. Or keep growing. Um, I'm excited. This team can go as long as, as and as far as they want to be. We, we've proven that. Um, I thought we played pretty hard tonight. And again, it's just you know give Penn State credit. You know it was more them than it, I think it was us. And and um, you know you have those nights and um, you know we started getting a little balance with you know with 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 Dane. I thought he was terrific tonight and. And then we start getting, you know, with, with Coleman and Terrence and, you know, we get Matt going and, and we've gotten pretty good shots with Luke. Then I, you know, I think we're, get RJ going. I think we're in pretty good shape. I think that's what Mike just said. Um, you know, that this team has a chance to, 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 they have, if they can do this and they can do that, you've seen them have great nights where it's Shannon Meyer, whoever it is, we've seen that. So now it's just a matter of doing that in the, um, in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, I, I hate to say this as a Cowboy fan, but um, it's a little bit like hoping for the Cowboys to play well in the playoffs. Um, you know, it's it's one of those things where you really want the Illini to play well, but um, as a matter of course, they have they've struggled with consistency. So um, we got to hope for two halves in a row, and I don't know that there's a lot of teams who can beat them, especially if one shooter gets hot. But boy, that hasn't happened very often. Well, yeah, I think about the the most complete forty minute games, UCLA and Syracuse, probably. Both were before and just and the week after Thanksgiving. Um, you know, Texas again, poor first half, outstanding second half. Um, we saw the outstanding second half and a loss at Purdue, you know, was maybe as as well as they were clicking. A little bit of full court press. Here's my question for you guys, and we've got about a minute left here. Um what does Brad Underwood and his staff have to do to get these guys going off the top? I, I just was speaking to a girls basketball coaches. I'm I'm in Georgia doing the high school championships down here, play by play. Uh, former WNBA player Keisha Brown, and she was saying, you know, one thing that we do is our our team starts so slowly, so often we go in and actually right after shoot around at practice, we go right into a jump ball and right into live game action, um, and it seems to have worked. I know she's a high school coach in Georgia. Could maybe we try that? I mean. Seriously, what do we do to, to shake this up? 
Well, I mean, I, I think it's just a matter of it's playing with a sense of urgency. I, I think they're just too casual. I don't know that you can make guys that are casual not be casual. Like, I, mean, I don't think you can just turn a switch on and off. I think they have to want it. I mean, Matt Meyer has to come out. Terrence Shannon has to come out. And, you know, when they came, when they come out and they're engaged, they're, then this team's better. And I, I think that's one thing they've tried to do by attacking the basket more. Um, the other thing they don't have is they don't have a they don't have a point guard right now, especially with Jaden Epps out. They don't have a guy who can uh, get them in the right set. And, and when Jaden Epps plays, he's a freshman, so it's tough. And so, you know, they have to. I think the one thing they can do a little bit more, maybe full court token pressure, just to get them running up and down. I don't necessarily want an all out full court trap. Just a little bit of pressure, get them up and down. Maybe you force a turnover, get out and run, something like that. Yeah, I like the idea of going full court. I I don't know that the the point guard thing is going to get taken care of until the transfer portal opens, which is on Monday, and you'll hear all about it on IlliniGuys.com. No question. Well, Illinois waits, and we wait with them. As uh, Again, this segment presented by Busey Bank. We appreciate their support of Illini Athletics and of uh, this great show. Two teams going to the NCAA basketball tournament. The Illini women also on their way. We'll talk to Adalia McKenzie, the Illini gal, next on the Sports Spectacular. Hello, this is Brett Dillman, the Illinois head football coach, and you're listening to Illini Guys Sports Spectacular. Sports Spectacular continues here. Don't forget, on Monday, the $1,000 bracket challenge opens for the third year. Illini Guys only. You have to be a member of IlliniGuys.com. So get in there, join, do that today, because you got to get that seven-day free trial out of the way first. Um, and, and, and have at it. $1,000 of our money on the table. Have fun. You can go spend 10 bucks at Dropus Pool and get nothing. Or spend 10 bucks over here and get all kinds of insider knowledge as two Illini basketball teams head to the NCAA tournament. We said two, fellas. It's been a long time since we were able to say that. Uh, but here it is. The Illini gal herself, Adaya McKenzie, uh, not just an academic all-district, but now an all-Big Ten performer as well, is here. Adaya, where are you guys going to be on Sunday uh, when the selection so the selection so happens? Um, That's a good question. On the teamworks, it says to be determined. So <laughs> hopefully, I don't know. Hopefully, I think it's probably going to be at Oven, our practice facility. But I wish it was at Coach Green's house because she has a nice house. <laughs> <laughs> that she does. Hey, yeah, no doubt. Is there a, are you kind of in, did you enjoy this week of kind of a, a relaxing week? You guys have had, you know, such a hectic schedule. You play the Big Ten tournament and, you know, of course, uh, and, th and then you kind of get a break here. Does it, it kind of help you recharge? Yeah, I wouldn't necessarily call it a break. I'll just say just a good week to get back into the normal routine because we still are practicing. We actually practice Monday. So we got right to it, but it, practice has been fun. You know, we've been having a lot of fun. Workouts been good. So it's a lot of good vibes, you know, finishing up school before spring break. So it's been good. Well, we hear at this time of year, you know, every team has some dings and some, you know, banged up this, that, and the other thing. How's everybody feeling uh, on your guys' uh, roster? Yeah, everybody's been feeling it you know <laughs> we're not you know I know we're down two players but and they're getting well you know recovery's been really good but everyone has been doing well we've been staying on it with recovery and just making sure we find our time to rest but everything's been good 
22 wins on the season, um, the biggest turnaround in uh, not just program history, one-year turnaround in the Big Ten, but also I, I believe in the Big Ten as well, at, like tied for the biggest turnaround. One win in conference last year, 11 this year. Um, and now here you are. This is kind of uh, you know where your goals were that you didn't know if you get there this soon. We've talked about that, but here you are. Um, what do you guys talk about in terms of uh, just amongst the team, especially the, those of you who were there before this year um, and before this turnaround in terms of um, – what you want to accomplish in here in March in the NCAA. I mean, this has again been a long time since this program um, has been this far. You guys were, I think in grade school when it happened. Seriously. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, it's just something we're happy like about. I know like I'll just randomly say like, y'all we're like, we have 22 wins last year. I don't even want to talk about last year, but like, I'm like, we weren't, we didn't even get 10 wins, you know? It's just, like, mind-blowing, honestly. And, you know, Coach Green, she just talks about we're not going to go to the NCAA tournament just to get an experience. No, we want to win, you know. We want to see how far we can get. So just thinking about the NCAA tournament, like what we can do in March, is just so exciting to think about. And we're all just happy, you know. Yeah, can you imagine how long it would be if we went back to when Mike was in grade school? For the last time, so that would have been a long time. So um, it's not been that long because uh, you know we we had there there are actually we had electricity and stuff now. So um, I do, Adelia. I got to ask a question wow. about: Do you follow like the bracketology stuff? Like, are you guys on the? Are you guys checking to see are we going to be an eight, a nine, a seven, a ten? I mean, are you looking at that and trying to figure out who you might play? Yeah, um, we do. Uh, a few people in the group chat be sending uh, screenshots and like updating us, and we just talk about like y'all like this is a prediction. So it's cool like looking at those and stuff. I personally don't look at them because I have teammates who sit in the group chat. So <laughs> yeah. So um, you know, now that you're you're on the you know you the in the heat of everything, um, you know, postseason. What have you learned this year that you're going to apply when you're in the Big Ten tournament and you're in the NCAA tournament? I would just say stay consistent with your hard work, also with your mindset. You know, a lot of things can happen throughout the season. and You just don't want any confident, like, dips or just doubting yourself. You know, you just got to stay consistent with your work and with your mindset. And a lot of consistent success comes with that. Ooh, that was kind of good. Yeah, that was, that was really good. We can tell Brad. Did, Brad didn't write it for you. <laughs> <laughs> you can see, it's getting getting late in the night. These guys are uh, going at it. No, just kidding. Uh, Adaya, again, we'll uh, we look forward to Sunday as well. Looking forward to seeing the team playing uh, on a court with a big NCAA logo right there at center court. So exciting! And congrats um, in advance for all the hard work that you guys have put in. Uh, certainly, it's deserving. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right. Take care. Safe travels. Go get those dubs. We'll talk to you next week. Woo-woo. See ya. <laughs> She's the Illini gal right here. Uh, hey, Adalia, we may, we, we may have inadvertently caused you to run. Sorry. Oh, yeah. I forgot to mention that part. Yeah. Sorry. Uh-oh. What happened? Well, Coach Green was really upset that you didn't tell her about how good Fat Lorenzo's was. And she said she might make you run. Oh, darn it. 
I'll I'll uh, I'll update y'all. <laughs> Listen, next time you see Mike in in person, you're permission to slap him. Okay. <laughs> oh my gosh. Let us get video of it so we can put it up on YouTube. And, and by the way, don't be teasing the men's team about how you guys got a six seed for the Big Ten tourney and they got a seven. Don't be mean. <laughs> I will. I will. I promise. <laughs> Mike is just well, on fire. Let me go have a talk with him. I'm going to be causing problems. Always causing problems, Mike Kaplan. <laughs> we will take a break. This is the Sports Spectacular, powered by IlliniGuys.com, only on the Illini Guys radio network. At Busey Wealth Management, we're proud to partner with individuals, families, and foundations, ensuring possibilities become achievements. From preserving and enhancing your assets to securing your legacy for future generations, we're focused on your success. Busey Bank, building business, growing wealth since 1868. Proud to be the official bank of the Fighting Illini, member FDIC. When life isn't easy, you need health care that is. You need OSF On-Call Urgent Care. With OSF On-Call Urgent Care, we make it easy to get affordable, quick, convenient care for minor illnesses and injuries when and where you need it. Reserve an appointment online or walk in for care 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. every day, even on holidays. Virtual visits are also available 24-7, 365. Get started today or find a clinic near you at osfoncall.org slash urgent care. Big weekend all the way around. Uh, not only Big Ten tournament going on, and of course, Selection Sunday. We find out we're not one, but two Illini teams are going to play uh, next week in the NCAA tournament. But also, it's it's been a big week for football. We want to get caught up right now. Matt Stevens, um, he is the uh, football writer and analyst for IlliniGuys.com. You know, he joins us here just about every week uh, to get us uh, caught up on all things in the uh, land of Bielema. Uh Matt, good to talk to you. Let's talk first about last week in Indianapolis and several Illini. We kind of touched on very briefly last week, but several Illini really did really, really well um, in in their performances at the Combine in front of every NFL scout uh, there in Indy. Four guys made the trip. Uh the two twins, Sidney Brown and Chase Brown, and uh, two more DBs, uh, Quan Martin and then Devin Witherspoon. And three of them physically just showed out like you would think traffic athletes would. Devin Witherspoon was not able to do anything physically uh, at the combine because he severely pulled his hamstring and was only able to do the interviews and was had that diagnosed really, really quickly before he was able to physically able be able to perform and do anything. Um, let's, so let's start with him. I don't think that affected his draft stock one iota. I, I think if he had it all over to do again, he would have done it physically at the combine. Uh, it gave him an opportunity to have the option to do it at the pro day, which was, which was Friday, which was this morning. Um, and if Devin decides to never run again and never run the 40 again, I don't think it'll affect his draft stock come April, um, at all. I think, um, what, what I have always figured out with Devin is that he is, his draft stock continues to rise because more and more people watch the film. I just talked to Daniel Jeremiah of the NFL network and, and they are in lockstep that if his film is any indication as to what they, uh, what they are getting in a player, that's why his stock has gone from, you know, mid second round to low first round to mid first round to all the way up to a possible top 10 selection, um, come the first round of the NFL draft. So, 
Devin Witherspoon not doing any of what I call the track and field aspects of, of pro day or pro day and, uh, and of, of the combine have not affected his draft stock one iota. The other three showed out in the physical on tangible on things you put on paper, all of them did. And I'm sure you guys are going to ask me about them, but like all of them did. The two twins were excellent and Quan Martin were excellent, just like you thought they would, because one, the strength and conditioning program at Illinois has always been high. Um, going all the way back to when Lovey was running it and Lou Hernandez was was doing it all the way now to where Tank Wright is running the show and when Brett Bielema emphasizes. So and anybody that's ever seen. And then I think that everybody was expecting that because when the twins showed up at Mobile um, for and and do the whole what I call the cattle call, which is basically you stand up there in front of a whole bunch of 40 year old males in, in your underwear. Um, they knew that they were they physically specimen wise that they were they were of a, of one percent of one percent. So, you know, we, we've seen Devin Witherspoon on first round in almost every mock draft top, you know, sometimes top 10. I've seen him in the top 10 even. So he's obviously got a uh, pretty good stock. What about the other three guys? Where do you think they um, can slot after uh, what happened in Indianapolis? I think for the first time, I don't think Illini fans are going to be waiting until the sixth or seventh round to watch somebody get drafted. I think all four of these guys are going to be gone by the end of round three. That is my prediction. I think – that is possible. I think the only one you're possibly waiting on after round three is Chase Brown, believe it or not, the Doak Walker finalist um, at running back, because the position is so devalued now in the National Football League. I think everybody thinks they can get a running back in the third, fourth, fifth round that they know Chase will be around in that regard. But everybody else that's a DB, Sidney Brown, I think, is going to go in the second round. I think Quan Martin could go in the second round. And if he's not snatched up in the second round, it's not going to he's not going to have to wait long in the third round to get to get selected. Those guys have put on tape for, for Ryan Walters and, and, and for Aaron Henry in that DB room, something that every DB coach right now in the National Football League is looking at and saying that translates to our league. Um, 100%. And I think those guys will get drafted because it's one, it's a premier position, whether you're talking about Devin Witherspoon at corner, you're talking about Quan Martin at nickel, and you're talking about Sidney Brown at safety. All three of those are, are players that play all three downs of defense and are on the field constantly and don't get subbed out a whole lot in the National Football League, especially in a 53-man active roster. So um, the one I'm seeing, Brad, uh, Brad is Sidney Brown continues to just explode his draft stock. He has gone from somebody who, if, if, if you watched the end of the Northwestern game, where it was basically his highlight tape, he was the MVP of the game in Evanston. Everybody was like, wow, he might get drafted. And as we sit here today, I think he's probably going to get drafted in the second round. I think because everybody has looked at the tape, they've looked at the physical specimen, and then they've gotten to sit down with him in an interview and gone, yeah, we can work with that from, from a mental and a physical and, 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 an, and an intangible standpoint, Sidney Brown checks every box. What does uh, the performance of these players, you know, at, at the combine, what does that do for Illinois recruiting? And what does it do for the reputation of Tank Wright? Yeah, you, you just said it. Because here's here, Mike, here's the deal is that I've always found that what I call the track and field elements of, of the combine to be almost essentially a litmus test to are we seeing what we're seeing on tape? Because if somebody doesn't run as well, you kind of have to go back to the tape and go, what are we not seeing or what are what what translates better in games that just isn't going to translate into track and field? Um, or if somebody is a workout warrior and does a whole bunch of stuff, like I, I remember when I was a kid, Mike Mamula 
was a top 10 pick because he was a workout warrior, right? Now we have to go back to the tape now and go, okay, why didn't that translate to the tape we're watching now? Like the the latter is not happening with Illinois. These guys showed out and then it it forces guys to go back and watch the tape and go, okay, well, yeah, that makes sense. I don't know why, I don't know why we didn't see this beforehand. The second thing, Mike, is that if everybody on the road, all these 10 assistant coaches and Brett Bielema himself go into high schools and say, hey, look, if you trust Tank Wright, if you trust our strength and conditioning program, if you trust our nutrition program that we have inside the Smith Center, we can get you to the next level. Trust us. That's part of the deal here. The Illinois has invested millions upon millions of dollars in their track and in their in their strength and conditioning program and their nutrition nutrition program, which I always felt like goes hand in hand. And you're seeing guys, you know, translate that into their bodies. And then you're seeing guys like the twins, Sydney and Chase Brown and Quan Martin who probably were, you know, molds of clay that Lovey Smith was able to snatch, but nobody wanted like in the recruiting process that are now top three round draft picks because they worked on their bodies over four years, three, four years. And they, they developed into the physical specimens that are going to, you know, show out when they have to do the cattle call at the senior bowl in mobile. And then when they're asked to do the track and field stuff, and then that forces guys, yeah, I was talking to Daniel Jeremiah again, he said that forces guys to go back and watch the tape. And I wish it were another way, Mike, but that's kind of the way it works. And that's why you're seeing Quan Martin's stock just explode at this point because of what he did physically in the track and field stuff. Now they go back and watch what he can do at nickel corner on tape. And they're like, well, our nickel corner is on the field every play because the National Football League is three, four wide receivers on every play. So he's going to play, and that's that's a tangible position that we could use a rookie contract in. And, and Quan Martin, I think, is going to get drafted really high because of it. Wow. Talking with Matt Stevens here, the Illini guys. Um, so, Matt, we have all those things. And the next uh, is the Pro Day, which uh, you know happened today at uh, uh, on campus there. Take us through that in terms of, and for those who don't understand, um, okay, so you had the Combine. What more do they need to see? How is this different from what they did in Indy? Well, interesting. Like I said before, it's it's probably the last test that physical test that Devin Witherspoon could have um, before draft day. If he wants, if he wanted to run, he was good. If he didn't want to run, he was good. But he could he could validate everything about the injury not being long term or there being some sort of nefarious reason why he didn't want to run in Indy or whatever. Um, there's a medical right now that's coming out of Indy that that is that that's that's a non-starter right now, but it's not long term. And so he's what he, what Devin Witherspoon I think should do in my opinion and should have done in my opinion is just shut it down and say, hey, look, if you want to talk to me, that's great. Um, but I don't think there's anything physically that Devin Witherspoon needs to prove needed to prove. Um, my issue is that I, I think the combine the, the pro day for Illinois becomes a lot more spotlighted because you have three guys now that could potentially get drafted. And when we went there last year and I had the exclusive media rights, apparently as an Illini guy to show up at the, at the pro day because everybody was at the Big Ten tournament. Everybody was looking at Kirby Joseph and everybody was looking at Verdarian Lowe and nobody else. And so what I think is going to happen is that there are guys that I think, you know, Alex Palczewski and, and some other guys that that are potentially undrafted guys right now that could potentially spotlight themselves and be maybe a low round draft pick, maybe a seventh round draft pick because all the pro guys are there to talk to Devin Witherspoon again. All the pro guys are there to talk to Sidney Brown again. All the pro guys are there to see Chase Brown again. And so if those four guys are known qualities before pro day, 
that makes your pro day more attractive. It brings more of your players that are undrafted free agent guys into the, into the realm of possibility. And quite frankly, this is job interviews, guys. The more people you can get in front of with your resume, and this is what it is, the more likely is you're going to get, you're going to hear a phone call on draft day, whether it's seventh round or whether it's, Hey, we want to give you this big signing bonus to be an undrafted free agent while whatever it is. Um, Basically what I'm saying in the long version is Brett Bielema has created an Illini football program where, you know, 30 NFL pro personnel people want to be inside the Smith center on March, on March 10th to watch these guys do track and field stuff because they're interested in, in the players that are that are going to be involved in this draft process. And also it's just a, again, for them, for the employer, it's a, hey, we want to talk to Brett. We want to talk to the defensive coordinator. We want to talk to Tank Wright about guys that are in the pipeline, maybe a year, two years, three years down the road, so we can build that relationship as well. So I I, I guess following up, I, I was just thinking, anybody, you mentioned Alex Palczewski. Is there anybody else that we need to be um... – looking at here in this, you know, in this draft? You know, uh, not class. in this, yeah, not in this draft class in my estimation. I, I, I'll i be interested to see if Tommy DeVito comes back and decides to throw. Um, that's something that hasn't happened at Illinois. Uh, I know that uh, Brandon Peters decided to do that last year um, and then was able to be an undrafted free agent at, from, with San, with uh, Los, An- Los Angeles Chargers. I keep saying San Diego Chargers. Um, Tommy DeVito may throw and may get himself, you know, in some conversations that way. Um, I think there's things that Chase Brown can do that, you know, where, where he's using his hands as a receiver that, that are going to be exploited in, 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 in uh, the interesting thing about pro day guys is that it's the one time in the, one time of the 365 days in that building where the Illini coaches have no control. All of the NFL pro personnel people run the, run the, run the drills. They are in control of everything that happens from the do- time the door is open to the time the door is closed. It's the one time out of the year that Brett Bielema has no control over that building. And so you do that because you want your guys to be almost on edge and, and not un- and not have it be a robot type experience of, well, here's how you do this drill. Here's how you do this drill. They do different things. And so, yeah, I think Palcho is going to get a look. I think that they're interested in his injury history also with how well he can physically move. Um, I, I think Calvin Avery is somebody that I think just because of his body frame is somebody that if you're looking for a zero technique at nose tackle in a three, four scheme, he's somebody that would be an interesting undrafted free agent type type player. Uh, but we saw last year where, you know, guys, again, I say this again, where guys are looking at Kirby Joseph and they're looking at Velo. And then suddenly Tony Adams shows out on pro day and then he's drafted or he's not, he goes as an undrafted free agent. And then suddenly he makes the 53 man roster of the jets. Um, And so this is how you get noticed is that when you have big spotlighted guys, it happens at Alabama and at Clemson and at Notre Dame and in Michigan and Ohio state all the time, these under the radar guys that maybe either a didn't have great tape, um, didn't have consistent tape, or should have stayed a year later in school, that's when they start to, you know, can put their name out there as, okay, hey, we need to go back and look at this kid one more time before we get to April. And that's, I think that could happen for a couple of guys. I think Paucho, Calvin Avery, um, but a lot of the guys, and Brad, you know this, a lot of the guys that would have been involved in this draft class are coming back in 2023. So I think you're going to have a lot of pro personnel guys going, 
hey, keep in touch with me because I want to talk to you about Johnny Newton or I want to talk to you about Keith Randolph and I want to talk to you about Tyreek Barnes um, and, and guys that are coming in the pipeline in 2023 and 2024. So do they um, give Coach B some sort of EpiPen so that when he gets the shakes from not having control that we can we can pull him out of that? <laughs> He'll be he was he was there and, and it's always an interesting element of uh you know he he gets to be kind of a he gets to be me which is basically a, he just gets to kind of watch the interesting thing is is that it's also a showcase for Tank Wright I mean he gets to, if it's a if it's a you'll see we we you saw him last year you saw him this year with the bench press and everybody that comes through and does the two hundred and twenty five pounds and how many reps you can do with that um. You know, that's that's a big showcase for him. The track and field stuff is a big showcase for Tank Wright. Like for the guys that do it on pro day, for the guys that do it in the combine, it kind of shows where Illinois strength and conditioning program is compared to everybody else. So if there's one guy in the building that has some say over how things are operated and how things go, it would be Tank. But I know that the drills are run by pro personnel guys. And I had guys tell me last year in Tank's first year of running this whole thing, of how much it was just kind of everything popped and everything ran well. And we were out the door by, a, you know, one, one thirty. and pro personnel love that when everything's on schedule and nothing's every nothing's dragging and everything's kind of boom, boom, boom. Here's, here's how we do things. That was the one thing I was impressed with with tank in, in the first year that they did that they did the pro day situation. And, and th this year was no different tank tank really takes, takes it a pride upon himself to do that and make sure pro personnel have, have a good experience coming to Illinois because I know there's going to be team guys from practically every team in Champaign. Um, on, on you, he knew everybody was going to be in Champaign on March 12th, on March 10th. Sorry. Awesome. Lots going on. And yeah, it's just, it's exciting again to see what this program has become in a very short time. Matt Stevens of Illini guys, a football writer and analyst. We appreciate it. Look forward to reading uh, your wrap up about the events on IlliniGuys.com. No doubt, Larry. Two years ago, I went to a pro day and knew that nobody at Illinois was going to get drafted. And the last two years I've gone to a pro day knowing that I think somebody's going to surprise and get drafted. So I think when you're talking about half dozen guys that could potentially be drafted in your class instead of nobody, it's a much better experience. Absolutely. Yeah. We'll have fun uh, this weekend and uh, we'll talk with you soon, Matt Stevens. OK, we'll take a quick time out. Much more to come right here. Uh, second hour is on the way, including uh, Shauna Green talks about uh, the turnaround of this Illini program and getting them to the promised land, the NCAA tournament, for the first time in a decade. It has been a remarkable year, and she's a remarkable person. She joins us in the next hour here on the Sports Spectacular, powered by IlliniGuys.com. You're listening to the Sports Spectacular, powered by IlliniGuys.com on the Illini Guys radio network. Now, let's get back to the studio. Well, we, Mike, we have a special guest with us now. It's certainly exciting um, to get these uh, some of these guests that we've been having on this show. But I'm I'm most excited about this one because she has had like almost like I would say this, Mike. This is almost like a miraculous season when you look at it. I mean, am I crazy in saying that, Mike? Um, if you would have told me. <laughs> that the Illini uh, women's basketball team is going to win 22 games this year. We would have got you to an addiction addiction facility quickly and started <laughs> to get your problem taken care of, Brad. Yes. Well, <laughs> maybe I'm just an eternal optimist, Mike. Maybe I'm just optimistic. So, but, but of course, that means that our guest right now is Illini women's head basketball coach, Shauna Green. Coach Green, um, how are you enjoying, enjoying a little bit of downtime now? 
You know, it's been really weird this week. I'm like, I don't have film to watch. I have nothing. You know, it's been just one game after another of prep and you finish one and literally right after the game, you're, you're watching film and prepping for the next game. So um, it, it's been really weird, uh, but I got, I've, we've gotten a lot of things done. We've practiced the last couple of days. Today's our off day uh, and, and everything's good. Now I'm just getting into that kind of anxious uh, part of let's just get to Sunday and and I, we need to hear our name announced and figure this out because now I'm just getting a little a, a little too on edge. So, <laughs> yeah, it's one of those things like right now you're kind of in limbo because you're working on yourself. I'm sure you're working on your your sets, your defense, all your fundamentals, but you can't really do any scouting because you don't have any idea where you're going to play, who you're going to play, what seed you're going to be. It's kind of wide open. Makes it really hard for this week. Yeah, and that's where this week it's always about just, you know, number one, trying to just stay sharp, stay in shape, um, and, and then working on yourselves. So it's not like we're going to reinvent the wheel. We know what our identity is. We know what's gotten to us, to, you know, to us to this point. So just trying to work on those things. And, and, you know, yesterday we had a really competitive practice, scrimmage, try to simulate more of an up and down and, and a game feel um, with today being our day off. So, I'm going to ask you a secret here because, you know, people realize that at Dayton, you guys were a fixture in the NCAA tournament. So do you look at some of these bracketologists and do you try to say, well, it looks like we might be likely to play opponent X or do you just try to take that out of your mind? You know, I think it was a little bit different, you know, at Dayton because, yeah, we made it uh, quite a few times, but it was also like, you know, what seed are we going to be in? You didn't really, you know, didn't really know where I feel like here it's been pretty consistent in every bracketology that we're kind of an eight, nine, you know, I mean, if anything, maybe we go to that 10 line uh, and play that seven, 10. So uh, you can kind of start figuring out, you know, who you may play, but then I still also know that those bracketology, like they're usually pretty good with who's in, but some of the seating and, and where you're going to play, like those things are hard to tell. So I think at the end of the day, like we'll have plenty, we'll have a few days to do our normal prep of whoever it is once we know on Sunday. And this week is about just keeping everyone just, you know, again, we need to get healthy. We need some rest, but then we also just need to stay sharp and tighten up some things on our end. It's, in, it's interesting. Always interesting when you look at this, because um, in the big 10, it, it's crazy that you now have, three teams ranked in the top six in the AP poll. You have four in the top 12, five in the top 18. It's kind of insane where this conference is. So if you're in the eight, nine line, it's possible you have only two options of teams you could play because you can't play Iowa or Indiana, mm-hmm. right? I mean, because they, they may both be one seeds, although you may want to play Iowa, you already beat them, right? So, <laughs> um, but as you kind of look at this, it's kind of weird the way it shakes out. The Big Ten Conference being so deep in women's basketball right now. Yeah, no, you're, you're right. And if you look at it, like, it, I don't know how much you guys are following bracketology. Like they, you know, they have the last one I think today, they had us in Bloomington. So I know that they're going to try to keep us, you know, I would think try to keep us away. I know the, the, the rulings on that. Um, but you know, some of it is like, look at how many teams are hosting, I mean, in our conference. So it's really tough at some point. Um, and plus when you look at, you know, geography and if they sometimes want to keep people a little bit closer, but um yeah it, it this league is just an absolute I mean you know I knew this league was good but this year <laughs> you don't know until you go through it and every single team is just it's a grind and and that's where you know just really proud of how 
we were able to sustain, um, you know, certain times where we could have reeled off of a few losses, but we were able to get some wins, even with not playing our best or maybe an injury here or there. Um, you just every single night is a battle in, in this league. Well, and a lot of coaches blame you for throwing it off because they looked at Illinois as a W. Now, all of a sudden, they're like, wait, what is this, a hard game? This is ridiculous. <laughs> so, you know, so if you're not popular amongst the coaches, we understand why. Um, how do you, how do you, um, you know, it's the end of the season. Every team's got people with nagging injuries, et cetera. How do you deal with that during a week like you have uh, right now? You know, the trying to give them just say, we gave them two days off after the, the big 10 tournament. Then we practice two days and stay off. Then we'll practice two days and then another day off. So trying to, you can't give them more than that. Cause then you start getting, you start getting out of shape. So, um, you know, I, I think, and then them just getting in our players, getting in and, and utilizing the resources with recovery and, and our trainers and, and all the equipment that we have. So we feel, you know, our kids that aren't, you know, that aren't hurt and that have been out, you know, we have two that have been out the, the last couple of games. Our other kids feel pretty good. Um, and that's a that's a great thing to be able to say when when you're in early March. But uh, hopefully this time will give you know, a Brennan and Jayla who have been out and have actual injuries, not just soreness like everyone in the country has. Um, hopefully, you know, it'll, it'll give them some healing time where possibly maybe we can get them back for the tournament. Yeah, obviously that'd be huge. Um, you know, you're, you're probably not the deepest team in the field, you know, so getting a couple players who are, are major contributors for you, including a starter, that uh, would be a, a big boost heading into the NCAA tournament. So, I, I, I want to kind of reflect a little bit about this season. Have you have you stopped to pinch yourself at like the way this has gone? I mean, winning this many games because you know we talked in the off season and you you were kind of like, well, I think we can be okay. I think we can compete. But I mean, I, I doubt you probably said, hey, we're gonna win. We're gonna beat the number two team in the country. We're gonna you know make a twenty two wins. All these things. I probably even though you may have inside maybe thought maybe we could do it. It's got to be kind of when it comes to it's got to be a little bit surreal. Yeah, you you know, it, it is when you really think about it. Right. When you really and I haven't had time to think um, a lot about it. But when you really think about kind of where where we were at, um, you know, how far we've come and, and just the constant and consistent belief in this team to to, like I said, this this league is so, so hard there could have to never lose two games in a row is something I'm really proud of with this team because you could play well and lose in this, in this conference. Um, and, and that's where, you know, just their resiliency, their ability to respond, um, their ability to keep believing and working and, and to fight back and to get that next win um, is, is probably what I'm most proud of. And, and you get so caught up in, you know, while you're in it, you know, you don't think about your record. You don't think about anything. You just think about how can we get better right now? And then as for me as a leader, how can I lead them the best of my ability so we can stay in the right frame of mind, be positioned with the right basketball stuff and stay together as a team. Um, so through that whole journey, you're just, it's so moment to moment to moment. So now I, you know, have a little, probably too much time and, and you do, you reflect a little bit and I'm like, man, like, you know, it's just very, it's kind of crazy, you know, what we did in, in a year. Um, but that's our players and, and it's the leadership within our team, um, the belief within the team. So 
they're a great group and, and they deserve it. You know, they, they've put the work in. So, you know, you guys had an excellent preseason, you know, prior to the Big Ten, and a lot of teams hope to have those type of preseasons. Was there a moment during the Big Ten season when you may have looked at calamity or and said, this is real? This isn't just, you know, a good start, but this is like we're legit. You know, I think even that first Indiana game, uh, where it was our second big, no, it was our first Big Ten game, um, and and we went over to their place in a really hostile environment. Um, and I don't think anyone at that point again started Big Ten. I don't think anyone really. Yeah, they won some games, but you know, it wasn't like we had the hardest schedule in in the in the country or non conference. Um, but when we had an opportunity, and really, uh, I mean, we were a shot of possession away from beating them on their home floor. I think that's when people you know, started, started looking at, okay, this team, you know, maybe they do have something special here. And, and I think that's when our players really, you know, I always reference our Notre Dame scrimmage, but I think that's the other game uh, where, okay, we can do this. We can play with some of the best teams, you know, in the country and in a final four, you know, caliber team in Indiana. So I thought that was a big turning point. And then obviously, you know, to beat Iowa, uh, you know, on January 1st to, to start the new year and to, to beat a team of that caliber with the players that they have. I think that's when we really gained confidence and, and, and we're like, okay, we can play with the best and we can beat the best. Now we need to continue in this way. I talked to our team about after our big 10 tournament, we still, there's a, there's that next step we got to take in this program um, to be able to consistently beat them. But I mean, we were, we were there, you know, in multiple, multiple occasions, we had opportunities, we got to finish, you know, we, we got to finish. Yeah. That, that Caitlin Clark isn't too bad at basketball. She does. Okay. <laughs> She's an okay player. You, you know, and we, we talked before the season, I remember at your opening preseason press conference, I was sitting there and I asked you a question about the transition from Dayton to Illinois. And now you've had a chance to kind of go through the big 10 did you see anything that surprised you as you went through that? Yeah, I mean, it's just the difference in, I mean, I wanted the the A-10 is an unbelievable league with great coaches and great players, but just the depth of the players, you know, on each team, like you got Kaylin Clark, yeah, but then you have on that same team, Sonano can do what she does in Warnock and Gabby Marshall. And, you know, and I go down each team. I mean, there's just multiple, you know, multiple players that can hurt you in so many ways that you have to try to stop where maybe in the A-10, okay, we got to, you know, try to neutralize this person, this person. Uh, it's just really, really hard. And, and, and we have some of the best coaches, you know, in the country and, and hall of fame coaches. So that was uh, probably the most exciting thing and, and fun, you know, for me and the competitive side of, okay, how do you game plan? And, you know, just the challenge of that, how do you try to stop Iowa? You know, how do you try to score on, on some of these top defenses, you know, in the country? How do you break, you know, Ohio State and Maryland's press, you know, which obviously yeah, I thought we did a better job last time we played them. But, you know, the first couple games, you know, it, it, you can think you know what that press feels like, but it's different <laughs> when, yeah. when you guys get out there. So it, it, I, I think we've learned myself and our staff. I feel so much more comfortable now going in if we, you know, into next season and even the the guys that we play twice, just having an understanding of how they play players, their system. Um, so that's, that's going to help us going into next year. So earlier this week was uh, international women's day. 
Um, you've been in the new facility now for a season. Um, what is it like, you know, in terms of benefits for coaches and players to be in a facility that really is the equivalent of the Big Ten men's facility as well? What does that mean for your program? I mean, yeah, everything, you know, they have, we have, and everything we have, they have. And, and you know, it's it's also awesome to, you know, to have that, you know, just the interaction with the men's players, with the, with the men's staff and, and being able to, you know, bounce ideas off of their staff. And, and, you know, there was a one day that Brad came over here and asked us questions. So I think that there's a great respect between the two programs, which is really cool. Um, and, and then for our young women to be able to have these facilities, I mean, these are the best in the country. They have everything they possibly need uh, to be successful as a student athlete here. So um, just, you know, very fortunate, very blessed, and and we don't take it for granted. We're very grateful um, for everything that we have at our fingertips. I mean, you know, I, I it's crazy. I think about it sometimes. I'm like, man, I, we just had ice when we were playing, you know, it's like <laughs> now these, now they're going in hyperbaric chambers and I don't even know what half of the, you know, the gadgets that, that our trainers using on them, but you know, they have everything that they need. And then it's just up to our, up to them to take advantage of the resources. Brad and I played before they invented ice, so we would have loved to have had ice. Oh, you didn't have ice, man. We just we had to go outside and lay in the snow. Yeah, that's how we got. Oh, put your that was your cold snow. tub. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's pretty wild. That's, that's it's, funny. It's it's not not that far from the truth, though. Um, they did have a uh, one thing I would say, like your facilities are fantastic. Obviously, you know we've toured them, and we, you know they're they're really great. And you're for and I think you've had that response on the recruiting trail too, where girls come in and say, "Wow, this is like just like the guys." And I think that's good. Have you seen winning? Has that helped you on that? I know you can't talk about specific recruits. But has winning maybe opened doors too on the recruiting trail for you guys? You know, it's it's definitely we have some positive momentum, no no doubt about it. I mean, winning helps always, right? And and I think even last year when we first got here, uh, even with some of the transfers we were talking to, they're like, ah, coach, I, I really think you're going to win. I think you're going to do it, but I only got two years left or three, you know, or one. And I just don't know if you're, it's going to happen in that time. So, you know, we saw it kind of with, with transfers. Um, and now as, as, okay, now there's a little bit of proof in the pudding, right? Like we have some history and success when we were at another institution, but now it's okay. They were ranked, they beat Iowa, you know, they finished six, they hopefully get in and say tournament. Like, I think now there's some things to, that are tangible and, and factual and they can, they can put on, you know, the relationship too and the facilities and everything else that we've worked, you know, to establish throughout this first, how many months we've all been here. So um, you know, I feel that it's been positive, but, uh, until they sign on the, on the dotted line, uh, you know, we still got to see what, what this year does mean, but, you know, with now being able to, you know, we're going to have some official visits, you know, in the, in the spring, uh, and, and hopefully we can, you know, hopefully we can get some earlier commitments. Um, and then also on the transfer, you know, side with the portal opens up next Monday. And so I think the next few weeks, you're going to see a lot of movement in, in how does winning this year impact the transfer portal? I think it's going to be something really, it'll be interesting to see, you know, how much does what we've done this year really help us in terms of being able to, to get a transfer here or there. So you've had, um, you know, you, you've been a head coach before the transfer portal, Having the transfer portal open up at, at the same time as the NCAA tournament and 
and you know all the things that are going on how has that changed how you approach the job you know it's really and this is the first year that they've now put a time limit on you know a, a time on it where it was just kind of open now it's a you know there's a day yep. <laughs> and like you said yep. it's a day after uh selection sunday so I don't know. I don't know the answer to that yet. It's going to be, you know, do people wait, you know, until they're done playing? Do people put their name in before? It's like, it's almost like college football, right? Like people say, Hey, before bowl games, people are, are transferring and this and that it's going to really be, be interesting to see how all this plays out. And and I don't have a perfect answer for that yet. Cause we haven't gone through it. Now I've thought ahead and you got to have meetings earlier. You got to have everything a lot earlier where it used to be, you could, even with the transfer portal, you know, the last couple of years, you could have meetings, give them a week or two, you know, you can't do that anymore. You got to have your meetings right after with players and, and, and have those to, to see kind of where everyone's at and, and what they're thinking. So coach, I, I, my last question I got to ask, I mean, you, you, do you want do you want South Carolina? Are you saying like give me South Carolina? I think we can take them. Or is it is there another team? You just say just give us a shot. You know you want that number one team. I don't. I don't think anyone wants South Carolina. Like, <laughs> I think well, I'm, you're right. gonna, I'm gonna keep it real. Like <laughs> South Carolina. I mean they just have they're they're so good. They have so many weapons. Uh, and no, I don't want to play them, and I probably don't want to play them on their home floor. So. Uh, <laughs> But hey, we we gotta we'll play who, whoever we gotta play. But they're 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 really really good. So I'll, I'll ask you a very serious question then to wrap this up. Um, you've had a lot of pizza probably since you've you've moved to Champaign Urbana. Who do you put number? Who do you put number? Who do you put number one on your list? And the second follow up question is. If a, if Adalia didn't take you to Fat Lorenzo's in Minneapolis, you should make her run. <laughs> well, first off, I'm going to have to make her run because she didn't take us there. So, and she didn't tell me about it. She at least told me about it and I could have, you know, thank you. Thank you. Or, or, or ordered it or, you know, but uh, so I'll, I'll have to ask her about that. And then, you know, pizza, I probably haven't tried a ton of place around here because. I, my favorite though is Jupiter's. Um, okay. Ooh, I love, yeah. I love their pizza. It's close to our house, so we go there. If I'm gonna have pizza, that's where that's my number one here. Okay. Um, but I'll take any recommendations because I I'm kind of one. If I find a place, I stick yes. to it, and then we go there a lot. So my I'm at Jupiter's. I'm at Billy Baru's. Those are our two spots a lot here in in Champaign. So perfect. That's good. What's the best spot? What's the best pizza spot here? I, I'm going to go with uh, one that most people wouldn't say, but I'll go with Papa Dell's, but I'll take a thin Papa Dell's. Okay. I have not tried Papa Dell's yet. I got to try that. Yeah, you, should, you should definitely try that, especially wow. if you like their thin crust is normal. The thick crust is still good. I mean, it's, it's all good. Yeah. It's just how much bread do you like? All those times. It's important stuff. I mean, you know, this it, is, it is, we were talking about NCLA tournament. Mike changed. <laughs> changed uh, yeah, we'll, the topic and now we're talking about pizza. real quickly yeah <laughs> I, I, I was hungry yeah my, it's lunchtime for mike so or you know whatever so, it's always lunchtime for mike that is true that is true mike has lunch 24 7 but anyway well hey <laughs> coach thank you so much for joining us really appreciate you coming on to our, our show um we are excited for what you've done um in this one year at illinois excited for um what 
what the future holds, and we're, we're excited to see where you end up in the NCAA tournament. I know the Illini guys will be covering you in the NCAA tournament, so uh, we're, we're excited about that. Yeah, thank you, and you guys have been awesome. You know, uh, just the, the support from you guys and, and for our program, uh, we're very, very appreciative and, and very grateful, so thank you. That's Illini women's basketball coach Shauna Green um, here, and uh, man, we're, we're excited about the future of this program. Yes, we are. You're tuned in to the Sports Spectacular on the Illini Guys Radio Network. At Busey Bank, we understand you have a vision for your future, and we're committed to helping you achieve your dreams. Since 1868, we've invested in recruiting and retaining the best and brightest associates. Busey's unique culture is one that values and supports you, provides opportunities for growth, and is much more than a job. It's a career. Build relationships. Build community and build your career at Busey Bank. Proud to be the official bank of the Fighting Illini. Welcome back here to the show. Let's talk a little college football money, shall we? Now, you know, it's, it's been the, the big talk of the town since last summer uh, when USC and UCLA made their big announcement that they're going to head east. Um, and, and now we know it's, it is 2023. We know summer of 2024 um, the seismic shift actually happens. Texas and Oklahoma go to the SEC, leaving the Big 12, and USC, UCLA leave the Pac-12 and go to the Big 10. That's as for now. More could still come. But if you're you know, all the talk about the money and TV contracts and all that and the things that's to come, take a look at what is real right now. So a recent article broke down the top 15 salaries of college football coaches for the upcoming 2023 season. Of the top 15 12 are in the Big Ten or the SEC, six each. Uh, and then the 13th, Lincoln Riley at USC, is about to join that group as when they, again, go to the, the Big Ten in 2024. Uh, and there's two others, uh, Dabo Sweeney being one of them uh, at Clemson. So, guys, I mean, we're talking about a future of haves and have-nots. The future is now. This is already happening. <laughs> yeah, there's no question. And, you know, you, you have to wonder about, you look at some of these salaries, and you're thinking – you know, Mel Tucker's the sixth highest paid college coach in the country at nine and a half million dollars at Michigan State. And he had, a, he had a good year, but then did you may have overpaid a little bit uh, based on the market at the time. And then you, you wonder about, you know, how much longer are they going to pay Jimbo Fisher nine million dollars a year? He better win something, huh? So I, I don't know. Mario Cristobal is, is 67 and 66. I mean, wow. I don't know. It's going to be wild to see this break out but i i could see it you you see an era where the big 10 and the sec are may at some point have the top like 20 or 20 of the top 22 coaches because maybe clemson or somebody else but yeah it's pretty wild when you think about it yeah i i don't know that i think it's concentrated in two conferences now i've always felt that college football was kind of the haven of the you know, if you have the underdogs, and I guess you have, it was kind of the world of the overcats, um, where you had the Alabamas, Ohio States, Michigan's, Notre Dame's, USC, Oklahoma, Texas, you know, that were kind of perched up above everybody else. Now with these conference payouts, though, you're seeing other people in the Big Ten and the SEC go, hey, we can, we got some dollars now. And um, I think it's going to make for some incredible um pressure because if you have eight coaches you know in one conference or six coaches who are paid that much only one of them can go to the 
championship or maybe two. So it, it's going to put a lot of pressure on those guys who are getting paid a lot to make something happen. Well, and people want to be paid to your point at, you know, the most they can get. Right. So if you get, you know, uh, Joe Johnson, who goes to, you know, make up a name, Joe Smith, who goes to Georgia tech and gets them, you know, 10 wins in a season back-to-back years, like it hasn't happened there in decades. Um, you know, and then Northwestern comes calling. Well, why wouldn't you go? If you can, if you're making 4 million here and you can make nine and a half million up there, it's a no brainer. So, you know, these two conferences are almost guaranteed to have the very best of everything because they can afford it. Oh, there's no question. I mean, <laughs> the money is there, guys. There is plenty of money um, to to pay these guys. And I don't begrudge any of these guys getting what they can get, right? I mean, uh, get what you can get. Take you know, take the money and run. You know, I just like I don't I, I don't begrudge players getting nil. I don't begrudge guys getting paid, you know, players getting paid when they're in high school, because even if it's illegal, it happens. Right. So I, I'm just, you know, these guys, it's a, we're in a capitalist society, get the money while you can, because here's the thing, because the expectations are so high, they will fire your butt. If you don't win enough real quick. So you better have that money saved. Don't spend it because it could go away pretty quickly. Yeah. Cause there's no matter who you are, there's always somebody with deeper pockets and, and, you know, some of these football coaches and basketball coaches, even the guaranteed contracts, there may be a booster out there that's willing to get rid of them. So I, I don't have a problem with with anybody making some money, putting it in the bank and saving it for a rainy day because you just don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. And, and these guys have the stress that most people don't really understand because you're expected to win. You're expected to, you know, if you're in the SEC, you're expected to raise up and somehow beat Alabama plus your in-state arch rival plus, you know, and and when you start looking at all those games, it's like, wow, that's that's a, a very, very uh, uh, tough thing to live up to. Yeah, and we should point out uh, Alabama and Georgia, Nick Saban and Kirby Smart, both over $11 million a year. yes. Almost a million dollars a month, even during the offseason. Um, that's what kind of stakes <laughs> are at play. Okay, well, so from the big money guys to a guy right now who's unemployed, uh, Mike Bray, uh, voluntarily stepping down during the season at Notre Dame, said he would leave after the season, which that time has now come. Um, left the door open for going somewhere else. So I guess my question for you is, is that uh, does he stay on the beach and just walk off into the sunset, or do we see him back on the sideline sometime soon? Yeah, I think Mike Bray's going to coach again. I, I really do. I think he's going to find uh, – he's probably the most successful coach of the Coach K tree. Um, and I, I think he'll find a job. Now, I don't know where he wants to go. I think he can be really selective. It's not like he's hurting for money. Um, and if, if you know Mike Bray, he's probably not he's not looking for a really high-stress job. You know, he just wants to coach some basketball. So, um, yeah, yeah, I think it'll be very I, – I, th- I look to see him coach again. I don't know if he'll do it any, now – he may take a year off. Who knows? Maybe he'll take a year. But, you know, he's a guy you might hire if he decides he wants to retire. You need to clean up New Mexico State, that program. Mike Bray would clean that program up yeah. I mean, and, right away. And he would have it, bring them some stability and credibility right, on, right off the bat and say, hey, this is we're going to make this right, and you're a guy who can do that. And maybe he wants to retire out there. So who knows? I also, and maybe, Brad, you can comment on this, but my limited – uh, viewings of him post game. I actually think he's a guy who might be fairly interesting in the uh, commentary booth as well. Um, well spoken, good sense of humor, uh, knowledgeable about basketball. 
he's one of the guys that I'd actually like to hear from, you know, if you're talking a three person booth. Yeah, I, I'd agree with that. And I think that, you know, Brad would too. Uh, and I think also ego in check. Yeah. Uh, just, just talk basketball, <laughs> you know, don't allow me with how cute you can be. Just tell me what's going on. Tell me why this coach did this and why this team's not doing that. And that's, that's really what we'd like to have uh, more of that. And some of the best. <laughs> dude, just I, Mike Bray, I have to tell you guys, if you go to an AAU basketball tournament, if he didn't wear like a Notre Dame shirt, you would think he was like a homeless guy coming in off the street. I mean, these some of these coaches are dressed up in these really, really expensive clothes, and they got these these shoes that shoes. Bray hasn't shaved in like a week. He looks like he just came in. You know, he just hey, how'd this homeless guy get a front row seat? You know, he just uh, it's it's awesome though because he he's just not he is who he is. And he, he's a real guy. Brad, did, does he know he's like encroaching on our territory? I mean, come on. I know. I, I don't it's like, like that. It's like that's what they say about me. How did this guy get here? Why is this guy sitting in the front row? In your friend, a police officer, call, give him a call and have him come by. We need to watch this guy in the front with the double. I still remember down in Dallas at, at a big Under Armour thing. Um, Coach Izzo came in. And he looked like he had literally just woke up. A little bit of bedhead in the back, and you know, and he was yawning. And I was thinking to myself, you know, he's probably been flying from one city to yeah. another to see as many recruits as he could. And, you know, we don't see that. Uh, the, the fans don't see that, but these guys don't really, you know, we talk about the off season, Larry, there's not much of an off season no. for these guys anymore. Well, that's why Donovan ran to the NBA and, and stayed. You're exactly right. Hey, we'll take a quick timeout. Much more to come after this. If you served in the Marine Corps, by now you know about the contaminated water problem at Camp Lejeune. If you were stationed or worked at Camp Lejeune from 1953 to 1987, you probably have a lot of questions. We have some answers. You could be entitled to compensation. Billions of dollars are being allocated to pay for damages to anyone stationed at Camp Lejeune during that time. Unfortunately, it appears that officials may have known the contaminated water problem existed and did little to protect their men. The Semper Fi Code was not honored. If you or someone in your family has developed a serious illness, including various forms of cancer, call this Camp Lejeune legal support line right now. You can't turn back the clock and change what happened, but you can certainly call right now and learn your rights as a Marine. Here's the number. Call 800-254-3218. 800-254-3218. That's 800-254-3218. Paid for by Legal Alert Line. You're listening to the Sports Spectacular, powered by IlliniGuys.com on the Illini Guys Radio Network. Now, let's get back to the studio. We talked a little bit about this at the beginning of the show. Jim Beheim, 47 years as his head co- as the head coach at Syracuse. And and once again, it's a number that, that bears repeating. He has literally been a part of the Syracuse fabric since a freshman on the freshman basketball team back in 1962. JFK was president when Bayheim first began his association with Syracuse. And now he, uh, well, quote unquote, steps down. He's no longer the coach and uh, one of the all-time legends. No question. Mike, did you ever play against him? I, I was just curious. Uh, yeah, Bayheim. Bayheim was uh, not in the same class as me and Red. Yeah, okay. Yeah. He's a little bit. Hagley coached against him. That was yeah. <laughs> great. Yeah, Bayheim. you know, he – He's kind of a, he's obviously had some, some great runs, you know, and, uh, 
has the national title when he had Carmelo and um, but he's had, you know, national championship game. He's had some good NCAA runs. Just really program hasn't had the same consistency. I think you've seen a lot of these guys retire because it's a totally different world, right? And then what they came into now it's with the portal and the NIL and all those things makes it really difficult for these older guys. It's just different and it's a totally different game. And I think it's time for them to step aside and let the younger guys. Bayheim is, he's a character. You know, so I, you know, it, it'll be interesting to see what he does next. You know, I've often thought that Jim Beheim is a good coach. He won the one national title. And I think an, uh, somebody that I put on the, about the same level as him was if Lou Henson from the former Illinois coach hadn't had that probation, I think he'd have the, the one title. Um, and both are guys that um, good coaches, definitely different personalities. But, um, you know, it, it is, you know, when you get to 47 years, I think it's time to move on. It's a lot. I'm not sure. I'm not sure I want to do anything for 47 years, guys. I mean, I'm serious. I don't, eventually you just kind of like, yeah, I'm out. I want to do something different. <laughs> 47 <laughs> years of teaching, Brad. <laughs> will not happen. <laughs> will not happen. <laughs> Guaranteed it will not happen. <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh, you know, let's here. Here's a little trivia question for you quickly. We won't spend a lot of time on this, but can you name the active coaches now who have won an NCAA championship who are currently college coaches? Well, I mean, you know, Scott Drew, yep, Bill that's Self, one. yep, that's two. Um, there's two. Um, uh, then you go back to gosh, there's not very many left, are there? No. All right, who else we got? Uh, Tom Izzo, obviously from yep, the he's, he's the oldest back in two thousand. He's, yep. he's the last. He's the last Big Ten guy to win a title. Actually, Tony Bennett. Been. There's one Tony more. Bennett. Tony Bennett. Yeah. Tony Bennett for one sure. One more. The one up before Izzo. Before Izzo. Jeez. Oh, Patino's still coaching. There you go. He would be a Patino. I believe, I believe that's it. We'll check and we'll make sure we'll, we'll double back on that, uh, but we'll move on for the moment. Uh, so out of the, out of the, and that's the segue into the next one, Bayheim, uh, Rick Pitino coming from the Bayheim tree coaching tree, which is one of the most impressive as well in college basketball history. Um, currently at Iona, but again, he has cleared the deck. He did have a $5 million buyout. He has cleared that he, his buyout to leave the Gales is zero. How long is he a new Rochelle and where is he going? This off um, I, I think I think he's I think he's living in his suitcase right now. He's already packed and ready to go. He's got the U-Haul already backed up, just waiting for the next offer. I, he's got to go somewhere, right? I mean, I, you know, it's just time. He's he's getting to the age where if he wants to try and make another run, yeah. he's to get a spot now. I mean, there's going to be a bunch of openings. We know that there's going to be some people fired. Um, it sounds like you know on the and I think he wants to stay on the East Coast. So I think you know whether it's Georgetown, does St. John's make a move? and and go for him i don't know i'm georgetown should be open i mean if they don't fire patrick ewing you have to wonder about their sanity at this point um i, I don't know but yeah i i could see him taking their their job by the way how about uh sounds like chris breard mississippi uh maybe uh yeah Ole miss Ole miss that'd be an interesting one would be yeah yeah that that um i, I think patino is the guy that if you take out age because you have to look at the future, but I would say he's the best basketball coach uh, going in college basketball. I've I've always thought he was spectacular, not only in on the court results, but um, getting his uh, coaches to um, you know 
to to go out and do well. And then he's also extremely good at building relationships and restaurants. So um, he's he, he's really good. So I'd like to see him take a step up somewhere. Um, and and Chris Beard, you just got to wonder, you know, if you're old Miss, do you put anything in the contract to try to make sure you're protected from weird policing moments? Yeah, yeah, that's possible. You know, I uh, true story. I once had a fantasy football league team that was named Patino Table for Two. Thank you. Wow. Before, <laughs> if it was before the event, the uh, then that's even fresh. It, it was after. It okay. Was, okay. So I'm like, wow, you. I need to give you, have you run through the lottery numbers yeah, for it was Exactly. It was always a current event thing, and that had just happened. And there you go. So everyone knew who I was. I'll tell you that. Um, <laughs> hey, speaking of Chris Beard, boy, the segues just keep happening. That's how just in sync we are this weekend. Uh, Chris Beard out at Texas with the whole felony choking thing. The charge that was later dropped. Uh, but his assistant, Rodney Terry, comes in, not only takes over the team and keeps them around the top 10 all season long afterwards, but he wins National Coach of the Year. But it sounds like the brass, the people who write the checks around Austin, maybe Brad aren't that excited. Like, what happens there? It's crazy. I mean, I, I you know, he also, you have to understand, Rodney Terry is the guy who brought in a lot of these guys, too. So it isn't like he's just some guy that came in. He's involved in getting the guys there. He's coached the heck out of them into probably what looks like a two seed in the NCAA tournament, top 10 team. I mean, I, and he's coach of the year. But hey, he's not a big name, though, guys. We probably need a big name. We are Texas. We need big names. And uh, I don't know. doesn't make sense to me. It's a, it's a, it might be the easiest call that we have in a coaching opening yeah. this year. Yeah, and it's amazing to me, you know, how – how that need to make a splash is a Texas thing. Jerry Jones gets himself in trouble by signing people because he wants to make a big news, you know, or he wants to, you know, get this public perception thing. It's like, you've got the answer in front of you. You've got a really good coach who can coach and he can recruit. There should be no thought period. End of sentence. I agree. I agree. How he's not locked up. I don't know. And if you don't lock him up, uh, boy, who comes in and grabs him says, listen, yeah, whatever you just did, do that over here. How much you need? Exactly. Um, one other question for you guys. Uh, basketball player now in terms of uh, UCLA uh, bidding for a number one seed. Some think their resume may not quite be there, but then a tough news with Jalen Clark out for the year. He was such a big part of this team. And and I, I know you guys were talking here in the break. You agree that it might be hard for this team to reach its potential uh, in late March without him part of the uh, part of the mix. Yeah, it's going to be tough, I think. Um, yeah, it's a tough setup for um, you know for them because he, he's really merged into the defensive stopper and also uh, one of their – like probably their third or fourth option. Obviously, you know, Jaime Jaquez and, uh, you know, uh, Tiger Campbell are top two, but, you know, he's kind of expanded his role and become a really good player, and, and so that's a tough loss for UCLA. By the way, I got to go back to this. I, I do have to call back real quick. How about that coaching tree for Chris Beard, though? Because Texas Tech now ha has a coaching opening, too, because Adams stepped down, right? So Adams stepped down after being suspended. So how about that, like, whole Texas, Texas Tech? Yeah. Is that, like, one of the craziest little, like, like love triangles in, in coaching history? I yeah. don't know. It's pretty yeah. wild. Yeah, the predictability factor there is just crazy. And in terms of you know, UCLA, the, the part that I think a kid doesn't get is 
you know, th- those years are so rare that your team's that good. And you just hate to see a kid miss it. And then the other thing is, do you guys think growing up, the only person I can remember who had an Achilles tear was Dan Marino. Now, all of a sudden, it's like every third day, everybody's getting an Achilles tear. I'm not certain if is the human body getting past the ability of the the tendons and ligaments to keep up with the muscle strength. I, I, it's just strange how our generation never had an Achilles. And now everybody, you almost to be cool. It's like, well, I got my Achilles door. You know, it, it's strange to me. I think they just used to shoot the guys who got Achilles. She didn't know it. Ah, put him yeah. out of his misery. We can't fix it. It's like torn ACL. Career's over. Go back in the day. Achilles. Exactly. No, I, but I agree with you, Mike. Maybe it is the, the, the muscle. Just the explosion, you know, is so great. It puts so much pressure. Um, and, and I don't know that we have, you know, as we develop and get stronger and stronger, it's really tough. Um, because it's happened more and more. I mean, some of the best athletes in the world we've seen this happen to. Think about basketball. Kobe Bryant, Clay Thompson, Kevin Durant, go down the list. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's too much uh, Coke Zero. It's all the Splenda that just uh, tears away at it. So it could be. Oh uh, no, it's a sulfate potassium and Coke Zero. Not an, so it could be right. not enough pizza. I mean, that is always it could be go. not enough pizza. I, mean, I have I'm, no problem with my Achilles. Exactly. That's my my Achilles are awesome because I eat a lot of pizza. That's I right. eat all that grease actually has the benefit. My, Mike has most people have two Achilles. Mike has four. He eats so many so much pizza. <laughs> hey, we got to take a time out. Back with more after this. <laughs> Do you know someone with a drug or alcohol problem? Get help right now. Insurance may cover everything. Stop the drug and alcohol nightmare. Are drug and alcohol problems hitting you too close to home? Get help right now. Insurance may cover everything. 877-927-3380. 877-927-3380. That's 877-927-3380. If you're a diabetic, we have great news. You can end the painful finger sticks with a new CGM. Plus, they may be covered by Medicare, Medicaid, or private insurance. If you test and inject daily, you may qualify. Call U.S. Med now to learn more. 800-390-5160. That's 800-390-5160. of the stories that caught our attention this week um you know the the deadline to uh sign or franchise players in the nfl is uh, come and gone this week and yet one of the craziest stories in quite some time usually if you're a quarterback that's had massive success you're only 26 years old and you're a free agent it's gravy time right but lamar jackson of the baltimore ravens has been out there dangling and it appears nobody wants to sign him guys help help everyone out and tell us what's going on with lamar jackson yeah, it's a, it's a wild story because what's happened is they, they've got the market set with this Deshaun Watson guaranteed contract. And so everybody wants a guaranteed contract. Well, uh, people also don't want to give a guaranteed contract. And I love Lamar Jackson. I think he's fantastic. But he's also not played in the playoffs. Um, he's only got one playoff win. And he hasn't played due injury because he is he does run a lot. But he's a good thrower. But at the same time, you do you give a guy like $50 million a year Basically, we're looking at a quarter of a billion dollars guaranteed is what he wants. That's a lot of money to to give to a guy who, especially when you have some maybe some health concerns. But I think he could get 
the if he only took like if he took fifty million a year for five years, but he only said one hundred and thirty-five million was guaranteed. I think he'd have a contract tomorrow. I think it's interesting because there's 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 about five possibilities. You know, if, if Jackson signs an offer sheet, the Ravens can match it, or the Ravens cannot match it, and then they pick up two first-round picks. Um, Jackson may not even sign an offer sheet because nobody's going to give him Deshaun Jackson money. And then the Ravens can decide like, Hey, do we just keep the franchise tag? Um, Jackson may realize that, you know, the Ravens aren't the bad guys. Nobody else is going to do that. And, you know, he reduces his price and settles on a deal the way Brad just referenced. Um, or he could just decide to bet on himself and, and, you know, go ahead and and try to pressure the Ravens into extending him and trading him. So, I mean, I think the, the Ravens, I don't feel like they're disrespecting him because if one guy, i.e. the ownership of the, the Browns, makes a horrible decision, the rest of the league shouldn't just like blindly follow along. And it's unfortunate for Lamar Jackson. It's not his fault, but I can kind of see both sides on this one. Well, and one other point, too, and I think it was Tom Fernelli of CBSSports.com. There's a story that I read a few days ago when all this happened. Uh, very unusual. Five teams right away came out and said no one are interested, including the Raiders. And, you know, pointing out that Al Davis back in his day when Al was alive would have signed him in a heartbeat. Like it was not even a question he would have gone to the Raiders. The Falcons, another team that, you know, he's as close a player to Michael Vick as we've seen in this era. And the Falcons even said, no, we'll pass, um, kind of for the same reasons. So you're exactly right. Uh, the other thing is, too, they were pointing out uh, – uh, I, I don't know. Larry, I got to interrupt, though. As a Raiders fan, you, you've just stabbed me in the heart because they used to win when they would sign those guys. <laughs> you know? and, and I would take the Cowboys train, trading Dak straight up for oh. um, Lamar. So, so there's a great question, though, Mike. How many guys out there would you not trade straight up for Lamar Jackson? I mean, I would, I wouldn't trade Mahomes, Mahomes, maybe Burrow, Allen, anybody else. Uh, That might be it, right? I mean, the other, the other thing too is they were saying that you know, remember he doesn't have an agent, right? Him and his mom, mama, mama's my agent. Yeah, which is great. Keep it all in the family, and I love that. Keep that three percent in your pocket, but. In this situation, that agent will be working for you trying to convince GM yes. why you should sign him, that kind of thing. And that that does hurt him to some degree. Well, and I and I also think it hurts him because this has been become a little bit personal because you know, mom feels like people are running down her son. And I don't I, I know it can be hard, but I don't think that's what's happening here. Yeah, it's a, it's almost like Bobby Boucher, right? I mean, he's got his mom there, and he won't, well, she won't let him sign the big contract, yeah. you know, for the water boy. <laughs> so, Bobby, know, so Bobby Boucher, Bobby don't Boucher. drink that water. <laughs> well, <laughs> fellas, yeah. let's. The only Adam Sandler movie that I like. I got to be honest with you. My I mama that says movie. that all alligators are ornery because they got all them teeth and no toothbrush. <laughs> Let's pull out a name from the past, shall we? A name from the past that's now in today's headlines. Brad, take it away. Sean Kemp. Sean Kemp has been booked for a, and we don't obviously we don't know any details, but he was booked for um, a drive-by shooting. Evidently, no one was hit, nobody's injured, but 
I mean, man, that dude, if you go, and I'm obviously we watched Sean Kemp when he was in his prime. He was just a freakish athlete. I know he has like 111 kids and all these things, and, and, but I mean, he is just, I mean, gosh, that guy was so much fun to watch play basketball. And now, now we see him and he's just, he's, he's being incarcerated be, or booked for, you know, a drive-by shooting. It's a really sad story. Yeah. I mean, you know, you, you innocent until proven guilty, another sad, you know, headline. And, and I don't know what else to say. Mr. Kemp has led a interesting life and, and um, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens in the, in court, I guess. One more story to get to before we uh, say goodbye. Uh, the Illini wrestlers in NCAA guys, they've had a great season and kind of going under the radar, I think, because the women's basketball team has been so fantastic, but give it up for what they've done over there. Yeah, five guys make the NCAAs. Um, you know, Bird is 10 seed, Ruth a nine seed, you know, um, Brunegel is a 12 seed. And, um, you know, it's they got five guys that are in the NCAA tournament. That's really good. And our championships, hopefully they can have somebody make hay, pull an upset, and get a place. Yeah, Coach Poeta was very, um, very uh, strong in terms of he is going to uh, raise the profile and and uh, get the, the wrestling program, uh, you know, back on its feet. And I think he seems to be the right guy. And, and did you, I don't know, I saw a stat that this is a wild stat. Like Illinois has more wrestlers in the, um, all in the NCAA championships, the state of Illinois, than they have twice as many as any other state. Wow. If I looked at this, I mean, it's like 64 and the next one is like 32 of all the wrestlers that are in the, uh, and on all the weight classes at the NCAA championships, pretty wild stuff. Good wrestling in Illinois. That's impressive. That is impressive. Well, that does it for another show right here. So glad you joined us. It's been uh, it's been fun. It's been entertaining. And uh, get ready. The basketball start selection Sunday coming up uh, on this coming Sunday. We're just uh, counting down the hours now, and we'll be coming to you uh, from an NCAA location next week to be determined because we don't know where teams are going yet. All right. For Brad and Mike, I'm Larry. Thanks, everyone, who stopped by. And uh, enjoy the games, as always. We'll see you back here. Same station, same time. Take care. ILL. This has been a presentation of LMBC Sports, LLC, and JM Talent Productions. We'll be back next week on the Illini Guys Radio Network on these same stations across Illinois.